0: thirsty folks, and flavor chasers. I'm Matthew Henry, your intrepid guide on this liquid odyssey. And beside me is the indomitable Ben Henry, today's emperor of elixirs and exuberance. We're here to whisk you away on a voyage through the grand world of cocktails, where tradition meets innovation and where a twist of lime can mean a twist of fate. Get ready to uncork some fun and elevate your drink game to new heights. You're tuned in to Giant Cocktails Happy Hour. Let the festivities begin. How you doing, Emperor? Wow. Indomitable Emperor of Elixirs? Yeah. ChatGPT was feeling it today. Man. And I also really like that the the twist of lime can mean a A twist twist of of fate. fate? That's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's It's poetic. It's poetic. That robot sure can write sometimes, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. Feels like it it's real, but it's not actually real.
0: No, no.
1: But nonetheless, I like it. I thought, I thought we had reached the pinnacle with Czar, but then I heard Emperor, and I was like, ooh, I like that one. I like that one. You know what? That makes this a good week. I mean, this was already it was already a fine week. I don't know. What did I do? I played a lot of video games, Matthew, and I watched some really campy TV shows with my children. And so I think that that makes it a good week, you know?
0: How are you doing? Doing okay. We had a weird week Uh, last week. You know, we record on a Sunday evening. And last week, we had, when we were recording, I had just learned that my daughter had tested positive for COVID that morning. And so we were in lockdown, separate rooms, you know, wearing masks in the house, just trying to avoid what the daughter got. And I will say that it worked, that today everyone tested negative and including my daughter and my wife and I did not get it. And my daughter, even though she had it, was if as long as far as like COVID goes, she, uh, she came out on the, on the good side because she, she had a little sniffle, a little cough. She lost her taste and smell for like two or three days. And uh, that was it.
1: Well, congratulations on dodging the bullet. I'm glad she came through to the other side, not so ill-affected. And uh, yeah,
0: I hope that next week is looking well for you. Thank you. I think we're off to a good start. So anyway, I've got a question for you. Yes. So when, in your mind, is summer officially over? Ooh,
1: well, you know, Matthew, I am a very practical kind of pragmatic scientific guy. And so I really believe in like concrete definitions. So normally I would say that it's on the equinox, right? It's on the it's on the fall equinox. But also, you know what? My favorite time of year is basically September 1st through December 31st. And in my mind, I just think of all of that as being both fall and winter. Each season is only two months long. And so, so in my mind, fall begins on September
0: 1st. So we are in the fall. We are in the fall. Yes. Even though autumn equinox is not until September 22nd. Correct. Okay. Yeah. You know, and I, I understand where you're coming from because in my mind, it traditionally has been uh, when school goes back, summer's over. Right. Because that's yeah. how you that's now you're back to your normal routine. Yeah, it doesn't work. The, anymore. the party of summer is gone. Well, yeah, exactly. It doesn't work anymore. So for me, what I've what I've learned is that it's really if it's hot out, it's summer.
1: OK. And okay. And,
0: and it's still hot out. And in fact, I was just looking at the rest of the week and it's going to cool down a little bit in the middle of the week and then go right back up into the mid 90s uh, for next weekend. So so it's still summer, dude. It's still summer. So I'm still bringing the summer cocktails this week.
1: OK. Well, that's interesting because I figured you would do that. Cause I know how obstinate you are. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I, I, I also knew that you were not going to listen to my warning when I made it long ago, when you said you were going to go on this whole summer cocktail kick. And I told yeah. you, okay, look, people might get fed up with that after a while. You know, I had some personal experience with the whole Tiki thing. You know, I made Tiki drinks for six straight months and everybody got bent out of shape.
0: <laughs> right.
1: So today Matthew I have brought a fall cocktail.
0: Of course you did. And I'm going to keep right. bringing them. Oh.
1: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's right. right. That's right. It's going to be it's until until you stop with the summer cocktails. <laughs> That might mean that we have a f- winter full of summer and fall cocktails. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, okay. But this is how it's going
0: to be. Yeah. We'll see. I was actually thinking of kind of winding mine down, but now game on. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's <laughs> there's so much I can do. There's slushies, here we come. We didn't do enough of those. Oh this no! Oh no,
1: no! Look what what have I done?
0: All right. Well, before we get into the cocktails, mm-hmm. you know what time it is? Is it that time? It's that time. Time for time for. Tip, tip of the, of the day. day! Tip of the day, Ben.
1: Tip
0: of the day. And I, so today's tip is I after I broke another glass. Which, if you're going to dabble in cocktails, you're going to break a glass or two. It's just going to happen, right? And so occasionally, you know, you've got to replace your glassware. And so I thought today's a good tip would be to maybe talk about... Uh, what glasses are a must in your bar and where are good places to look for glassware. So for me, like for me, for example, I've basically got three main glasses that I use. I've got well, four, I guess now that I think about it. So I've got my rocks glass, uh, which I'm on like my backup rocks glasses because the ones that you gave me, I've broken them both and they were really nice and my favorites. Uh, But, uh, but then, and then you got your Collins glass. And then you've got your coupe, And then you've got what I have a Nick and Nora, a set of Nick and Nora glasses. Uh, so those are the four that I kind of rotate in and out. Uh, I do have a martini glass, but I don't really use it all that much because I really don't drink a lot of martinis. Uh, so I think those four, though, are kind of my go to's with the Nick and Nora, the coupe, the Collins and the Rocks glass. What about you?
1: Uh, well, basically the same. I have that same set all of those glasses. So I, I think because the the coupe glasses are very versatile and they're the, my main glasses that I use most of the time. Uh, I do occasionally like to go to the Nick and Nora glass, but usually only when I'm making a cocktail that is traditionally served in that glass or the cocktail is a little short on volume, mm-hmm. but I still feel like it needs a stem. I do not have a martini glasses. They are, well, first of all, it's really difficult to find appropriately sized ones yeah. They all come in though, like the one gallon variety nowadays. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and uh, I, I think really the only thing worth putting into them is a is a uh, ice cream sundae. <laughs> I mean, if you want to make a martini, and then then really do the effort to to find good, appropriately sized martini glasses, but that's about it.
0: Yeah, I actually have a set of stemless uh, martini glasses, and uh, so they're kind of weighted on the bottom, and they've got the the cone flute coming out of it. Right. And uh, and what you when you just mentioned really jogged my memory. The only time that I really use them is when my wife and I want to do like a dessert cocktail. So where do you get your glasses?
1: Well, anywhere that I can find them, I'm kind of always on the prowl. But my go to place is Crate and Barrel.
0: Mm, That's so bougie.
1: Is it bougie now? I don't know. I thought old things eventually just became like
0: old fashioned. Yeah, I guess it was like bougie in the 90s.
1: Yeah, it was bougie in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which was only 30 years ago, Matthew. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> that was when I couldn't afford anything. And so it was like, oh, I'd love to shop at Crate and Barrel. The only time I shopped at Crate and Barrel was when I had a gift certificate.
1: Right. Well, they have some really nice like collections that are sets that are like they consistently carry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For example, the ones, the, the rocks glasses that you broke. I have two new ones waiting for you as a gift that I've forgotten to give to you. Those are from crate and barrel and they are, are easy. They they always have them. And in fact, I live very near one of their outlet stores and they have, they carry them there. And so it's a really, that's why I like crate and barrel is because they have a consistent collection of glasses that are very, that they just carry, they've carried forever. So if you have a certain, Set that you like, and you do break them because that does happen on occasion. It's very easy to just go back there and replace them. Other than that, it's just anywhere that I can find them, wherever it's you know, um, wherever I see something that I like. This is a very dangerous area of cocktail making, though, to get sucked into. Yeah, because yeah. suddenly you'll know that you become, you'll notice that you become a cocktail glass collector. And that is expensive both in financial output and also real estate, cabinet real estate in your home. So I would just caution you. I would yeah. caution you if you're new to the, to the um, hobby, just beware, beware, be conscious of that, tell, tell yourself whatever you need to tell yourself to not fall into that trap. Or if you're looking for a new hobby of something to collect, hey, this is a great one, very easy. Uh, but really, you only need those four that Matthew mentioned. And so, and then, you know, if you're not entertaining a lot, you really probably only need two of each of those. So there you go. You just need eight glasses to make almost every cocktail.
0: So for me, I'm thinking about where I get my glasses and there's three, three, three areas or three, three, uh, yeah, I guess three areas that I, I source my glasses from. One is good old, uh, starts with an A to Z, kind of place online that you can pretty much get uh, anything and it'll arrive to you next day if you've got prime you know so um so that's one area and you the nice thing about that is that there's a lot of different varieties and prices and all that and actually the coupe glass that uh, will accompany my drink in this episode if you go on to our uh uh, social media at Giant Cocktails and see our recipes for today's uh, episode. The coupe glass that mine that mine is in is something I got on Amazon and actually one of my favorite finds. It's a really large bowl that kind of it's got this nice shape to it. Uh, I really I really like it. So so that's one place. The other place is thrift shops, and you know people will just get rid of their glassware and it arrives in a thrift shop for like a buck fifty two bucks a glass, you know, and sometimes they're really nice. And so I've gotten a couple of nice uh, Nick and Nora glasses, especially through uh, looking at thrift stores. And uh, my daughters like to actually shop for their clothes in thrift shops. And so when I take them there, I go and wander the, the glassware aisle and uh, see if there's anything there. Um, so that's another one. The last place that you can get drinks or glassware rather is your brother so i i would uh, suggest that you just tell your brother uh that you want a certain glassware and it just arrives so that's uh that's the the, the other place that I would recommend <laughs> um yeah you know, and, and if you don't have a brother I'm sure there's some other stand-in for a brother a sister a sibling a family member uh but you know gift gifting gift ideas uh that's a really good one because then you can you can maybe splurge a little bit on something that you would normally buy yourself and somebody can get it for you so that's where okay. I get my glassware, and I suggest that you get yours too. Okay. And you can you can DM Ben at at Watch fail, uh, and he will uh, you know put you on his uh, gift list.
1: Yes, thank you, Matthew, for suggesting that uh, I am a good source for everybody's glassware. Uh, definitely not happening, folks. If you slide into my DMs, um, don't. No, that's not true. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. Just tweet me openly out in the world, folks, where everybody can see. But whatever you do, don't ask me for classware because I'm not going to give it to you.
0: Well, anyway, good tip of the day, Matthew. Very nice. All right, yeah. So if I recall, Ben, it is your turn to go first today. That's right. So I'm going to ask you, what are you drinking today?
1: Well, thank you for asking, Matthew. Today I am drinking a classic cocktail using a classic spirit that is also a quintessential symbol or cocktail ingredient, I should say, for fall-focused drinks. It is none other than the Jack Rose. And the Jack Rose is a very simple cocktail. It follows a very standard sour template, which is spirit plus citrus plus sweetener. But it uses two ingredients that are very, very unusual, particularly for a cocktail that you would think of as being a classic old-school cocktail or being a more refined cocktail. So what's in it? What are these mysterious ingredients? Well, first, it calls, well, in my particular recipe, it calls for two ounces of Laird's Applejack. Laird's Applejack is is basically an apple brandy, which is a spirit made from apples. Uh, You could use other apple brandies. Calvados is a popular brandy from Europe that uses apples. Sometimes it uses pears, so you really got to kind of pay attention to what you're getting or what you're purchasing if you're purchasing under that name. But it is, um, in this particular case, we're using Laird's Applejack. It is one of the oldest distilled spirits in the United States that is still being uh, distilled to this day. I think it dates all the way back to 1730. Oh, wow. Uh, and to that, you're going to add three quarters of an ounce of freshly squeezed lemon juice. To that, you're going to add three quarters of an ounce of grenadine. And then if you like, and if you're patient, and if you want some practice, you can also do a lemon twist for garnish. Yeah, you take all those ingredients except the lemon twist, you combine them into a shaker with ice, you shake that until chilled, and then you double strain that into a coupe glass, and then you add the lemon twist as garnish. And that is how you make the classic Jack Rose cocktail. And it is, I mean, honestly, it's a very bright and expressive cocktail. I think this would be a very appropriate summer cocktail, quite frankly. But it's not, because it's got Applejack. (laughs) That's right, but it's not, because it's got Applejack. And what I wanted to talk about in this particular cocktail was, first of all, just mainly the ingredients within it, rather than talking about the cocktail uh, overall. The first thing is Applejack. One of the cool things about Applejack is that the, the reason it's called Applejack, Matthew, since I know you're wondering. Is that it because back in the day, apple brandy in colonial North America was made primarily by
0: people named Jack.
1: No, Matthew, it was used. It was made by a process called jacking. What you would do, Matthew, is you would take something like a brewed hard apple cider and you would put that in a barrel or some other container and you would put it outside during the winter and it would freeze and of course when it freezes all of the ice that forms is pure water right well I maybe mean, some other particulates in it right but what's not in it is the alcohol that was in your cider so you take all that ice out and then you come back later and you keep repeating that process and by doing that what you do is you're increasing the ABV of what's left Damn. behind and that is a...
0: concentrating that sucker yeah exactly
1: and that is a very easy way for people to make to make apple brandies back in the day. And so that's how this particular brand of apple brandy got its name. Now, one thing I will say is if you're going to try this at home because you're brewing your own hard apple cider, that this process can sometimes leave behind other things that are not so safe. So, you know, don't necessarily try this at home. But that is how it got its name. And that was an old process for making apple brandy. The other thing that I wanted to talk about in this cocktail is the grenadine. I know that you and I have mentioned this in the past, Matthew, but we generally now make our own grenadine, right? Yes. We, don't, we don't buy it off the shelves. And the thing about grenadine, Matthew, is it's got this fancy French name, but, you know, that, that name is really just a reference to the fruit that is used to make grenadine, which is pomegranate. So what is grenadine? Folks, grenadine is just pomegranate syrup. Like, you know how on the show we've made cinnamon syrup, and we've made ginger syrup, and we've made, I don't know. Strawberry syrup. Strawberry syrup. That's right. This is just pomegranate syrup. That's it. I mean, yes, some people do add a couple of extra ingredients to it, but quite frankly, folks, those things aren't really necessary. The orange blossom water, the rose water, the extra concentrated uh, pomegranate molasses. Those are all great things to help elevate your grenadine, and that's one of the nice things about making your own grenadine is that you can do that sort of stuff. But if you just made pomegranate syrup, you're going to have something much better than you can buy off the shelves in the form of grenadine anyway. And But in this particular case, I did add some special stuff. So in mine, I used Demerara sugar to give it a deeper profile, flavor profile. And I also added a little, tiny little bit of vanilla to it to give it some more complexity in its, in its flavoring. Yeah, so that's how I made my own grenadine. I also added a tiny little bit of lemon juice, just a squeeze from like a quarter of a lemon. It was a cup of pomegranate juice and a cup of demerara sugar. So to that, I added just a splash of lemon juice and I would say about half a teaspoon of vanilla extract. And even that might be too much vanilla extract for some people. The one thing I will say about my grenadine, because I use the Demerara sugar, is that the grenadine came out very dark. You know, traditionally, this is a bright red syrup, although it's not as bright red as that bottle of roses, <laughs> the tip of the prototypical right. bottle of grenadine. That's just the wrong color, folks. If it's that bright, (laughs) you
0: steer away. Yeah,
1: exactly. So if you're going to make it at home, you're going to find a much more darker color, darker hue. In my case, I just used 100% pomegranate juice from Trader Joe's that was from concentrate. Some people will tell you, oh, yeah, you got to use fresh squeeze. You got to squeeze it yourself. Those people, I think, have never actually juiced a pomegranate because that's like one of the most dangerous things to ever do. I think we've talked about that on the show before in the past. But other people tell you buy, you know— Don't, you know, buy it that is not from Concentrate. That's all great. And I definitely encourage you to try all those things. But honestly, if you even just get pomegranate juice from Concentrate, as long as it's 100% pure pomegranate juice, it's going to be way better than anything that you buy off the shelf. And, uh, yeah, and like I said, I encourage you to, to, uh, to make some of your own at home and encourage you to experiment with it a little bit. You know, add some rose water. Add some orange blossom water. Add both. Or don't, and add um, lime juice. I don't know. You do you. But anyway, that is how I made today's Jack Rose with Laird's Applejack
0: and Ben's Grenadine. That sounds amazing. I'm not even ready for fall, and I'd still drink this this the cocktail. the The Applejack is such a unique spirit that you know you really don't see a whole lot of cocktails including it except when you start getting into the fall right it starts uh, it starts becoming the go-to spirit so if you're going to jump into this like fall cocktail experience with ben uh definitely do yourself a favor and get some Applejack because that could be coming back you know i might even you know bring some of that uh in the future and then as far as the grenadine, yes, make your own. I will say there are some higher end syrups out there that you can purchase. Sonoma syrup Company, which is in my backyard, makes some a wonderful pomegranate, simple syrup, which you know grenadine. Uh, but it's so easy to make your own. Ben gave a great recipe there, especially like the demerara syrup. I think that or demerara sugar. I think that that just, I don't know if I've ever done that. I might have to you know experiment with that myself because I love syrups that have demerara in there. It just brings this richness to it and this kind of a little bit of funk even that's just really nice. Uh, and so I think that would really go well with the pomegranate.
1: Yeah, it really does make a deeper, richer grenadine than than I've ever experienced before. I really like it. I really like this cocktail too, Matthew. I I, I have been downing it, and I I usually bring two because we drink a second one on our other show. And um, I already drank the first one, and I'm halfway through the second one. <laughs> I think I need to cut myself uh, off.
0: Occupational hazards.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a it's the worst part of the job, really.
0: It is, it is. I mean, other
1: than not getting paid. Yeah.
0: Anyway. All right. So that sounds great. But, you know, it is still summer, Ben. And so uh, I am bringing a cocktail called the Strawberry Southside. The reason it's a Strawberry Southside is because there is a Southside cocktail that is kind of a classic. uh, Or I don't even know if it's a classic or a modern classic, but it is well-known. Uh, and it, uh, it entails having uh, gin, uh, mint, lemon juice uh, generally, but uh, sometimes lime juice and uh, simple syrup. And so basically it's a very simple sour cocktail that involves mint. And it's like a gin sour with mint is basically what a south side is. And so what I've done is taken that template and I've used the strawberry syrup. That I made a, a week or so ago that I used, I think, in our last episode, and you know I got a lot of it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna use it, especially while it's still summer and the strawberries are still fresh. And so, so my my south side has two ounces of gin, an ounce of lime juice, a half ounce of strawberry syrup, and one full uh, strawberry uh, that's been cut up. And, uh, and then I save a strawberry and a mint leaf for garnish. Uh, so what you're going to do is you're going to take the gin, the lime juice. Well, actually, you're going to take the, the strawberry simple syrup, the mint leaves, and the strawberry, and you're going to muddle them lightly in the bottom of a shaker glass. And uh, you want to get the, the strawberry kind of mushy, uh, but you don't want to grind into the mint leaves too much. You just want to release the oils a little bit. And then you're going to add the gin and the lime juice, and some ice and you're going to shake for about uh, 10 seconds or so. And then you're going to double strain really important to double strain this into a chilled coupe glass. And uh, the reason we're double straining is because you got a lot of stuff in there. You got strawberry gunk and things like that. So you don't want any of that in your cocktail. And so you're going to double strain that into a chilled coupe glass. And then I've garnished it with a mint leaf uh, floating on top and a strawberry sitting on the rim. And, what you get is this very bright uh, cocktail that is uh, obviously it's got a little bit of strawberry under notes. You taste the lime because there is a lot of lime juice in there and the gin kind of just sits there and, and really melds nicely with, with all the other components. It's a very balanced cocktail. It uh, has a nice acidity to it, but the sweetness kind of also supports that and, it's just really refreshing and I'm sitting in my room with a warm, you know, it's a warm day. I can't have the AC on because that would mess with the recording, so I'm really enjoying my uh my bright summery uh, strawberry southside.
1: Wow, what a what a perfect cocktail for an early autumn day <laughs> or a late summer. <laughs> Potato tomato. Anyway, uh so so really quick, the the history of the Southside not the Strawberry South Side, but the South Side, it can be traced uh, back to as early as 1916. Its origins, therefore, are cloudy. And of course, it has numerous claims by numerous locations as to where and how it started. But this is a, a prohi- pre prohibition classic, the, the, yeah. south, the South Side. So that is what this is a modification of.
0: And it's kind of amazing. We haven't done a South Side on. The, uh, the podcast before, which I, you know, we always check when we come across recipes to see if we've done that in our catalog. And I was kind of shocked because it is kind of a basic uh, uh, template there and really simple cocktail to make. And yet we hadn't done it yet. So this one, I, because I had some fresh strawberries and I've got my very own mint plant growing in my backyard that I planted like two summers ago and it's now finally just taken off. Like it's just taken over the corner and uh, it's awesome because i got as much mint as you and I will ever need. Ben. Awesome. Unfortunately, I live too far
1: away to come pick it myself. But, um, yeah. You know, Matthew, up to this point, we have, produ- we have uh, produced or presented 228 unique cocktails because I think I only track them in our cocktail library, the unique cocktails. And that's how many are in our cocktail library. So yeah, 228 unique cocktails, and not once have we done a South Side. So this is the first, and maybe maybe I should cheat sometime, and I'll just be like, I'm just going to do the South Side because Matthew did yeah. a strawberry South Side.
0: Feel free, Ben. Feel Great, free. but I can't do that Next now because it's
1: not a fall drink. It's not a fall cocktail. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's not, not. I got to throw some. I got to throw some apple cider in there, or some pumpkin spice, or. <laughs> I don't know, I gotta crumple some some
0: toasted marshmallow maple leaves
1: oh yeah leaves? Like I, I don't, oh, yeah, yeah yeah I gotta crumple some maple leaves in there, you know, turned foliage yeah, a little little pumpkin puree. oh there you go pump pumpkin curd maybe even is there a thing i don't I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if there's a thing um anyway <laughs> i I do really like this cocktail I, I first of all i I like that you're using the strawberry syrup. One of the things about doing a show, right, it, like just we just talked about, we've done 228 cocktails, folks. We try to present two unique cocktails every week that we've never presented before. And luckily, that's one of the great things about making cocktails is that's actually a pretty simple thing to do, it turns out. Um, we haven't even covered a lot of the easy ones as we've just demonstrated. But because of that, a lot of times I like to change it up from week to week, Right. And and that can be difficult, though, because we make these ingredients, right? I just made this huge batch of grenadine. And I'm going to confess, folks, when I made this batch of grenadine and I told you that I put in a little bit of vanilla syrup, vanilla extract, rather, I actually had a boo-boo. I had a little mistake because I was just going to put in a couple of drops, and it just came flying out of the bottle. Like it was just a big old giant, like, well... I'm afraid to say what is a giant like because it's probably going to evoke imagery that that is not appropriate for the show. But but it was it was it it just came shooting out. And so I I had to make a double batch because I didn't want to waste that. Yeah, because I was going to. So I made a double batch to dilute the the extravagant amount of vanilla extract that went in there because I was making then I was making vanilla flavored syrup. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and so now I have this giant batch of grenadine. And so what am I going to do with all this grenadine? You're going to make fall cocktails. I'm going to make fall cocktails with grenadine in them. That's what I'm going to do. So, so yeah, so I would like that you came back with the strawberry syrup because I know that you made that from last week. And, and honestly, I mean, that's how we do it when we're making cocktails at home, right? We use the ingredients that we have. And, and that's one of the cool, fun things about it is is that you can take something like the South Side and say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to add some strawberry syrup to this because I think it would go really well. Uh So I, I really like that you did that, and uh, it actually sounds really quite refreshing and and really seasonally appropriate if it were still in fact summer. Okay. So yes, right. so and I get that you're still doing summer cocktails even though it's no longer summer. <laughs>
0: uh and so 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 I, that's correction. Scary. I'm doing summer cocktails because it still is summer.
1: Yeah, like I said, potato tomato. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. The Jack Rose and the Strawberry Southside. If you liked either of these cocktails enough to try them yourselves, or maybe you made something better, take a scot of it, or might maybe just paint a word picture and send it to us on Instagram, Twitter, threads, and other places. We love to interact with you all,
0: and it really helps the show. You know what else helps the show, Matthew? leaving us a positive rating on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend, your in-laws, casual acquaintances, or complete strangers on the street. That's what helps the show. Indeed, it does. And on that note, we'll see
1: you all next Monday when we'll be drinking these very same cocktails, probably in high quantities, after the Giants have been swept by the Chicago Cubs. Or maybe that already happened. I don't know, folks. This whole time travel thing is weird. Did it just happen? Only you know. And if it did, that means Ben is deep into his 30th Jack Rose. Anyway, we'll be there on Monday, whining about those giants. Until then, Matthew. Cheers, my friend.
0: Cheers, Ben. Adios, everybody.
1: Ooh, Matthew, bilingual. Nice. I like it.
0: Ciao thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast until next time Bottoms Up Ah.